Guten Chaydesh. I hope to uh, give Shir next uh, week as well. I have to run right afterwards to the Guru Convention, but I hope to be here uh, Sunday and went to Shabbos and Sayyik from here. Where Malachim Bey's Parag Yedzayin, Pasuk Lamed Hay, the Pasuk here in the series of Pasukim to follow will give us a recap of why the Assessor Shvatim went into Gullus, which is interesting in the context. If you're following along, it's pretty clear why they went into Gullus. But when you're reading it in a very sterile atmosphere, and you're sitting in a shul in a free society, and the sun's shining, and the trees are growing, we sort of detach ourselves. So you wonder, okay, was it so bad? Everybody went into Gullus. This is Rav Minyan and Binyan of Klai Yisrael. So the Pusik is going back to review just how bad it was that this was necessary after many, many warnings, many carrots, many sticks, which we had over the past year. And Pasuk Lamed Hei V'yichus Hashem Itambris, the original deal, so to speak, with Klai Yisrael. Yitzavon Lemar L'asiru Elohim Acherim L'asishachvu Lahem L'asavdum L'asizbuchu Lahem Many, many psukim about Avadazar and Chumash more than anything else because the Yitzahar was real, genuine, and they were surrounded by it. One of the milers, the Pasuk says, when Yeshua Benun came in, is that you're not going to get rid of everybody right away because al pi even though the entire conquest was not really derech So, to me, the whole thing's a chiddush. Pasuk keeps uh, reiterating that you're not going to conquer everybody and throw them out right away because if you clear too much land, there'll be wild animals and you're not going to be able to handle the conquest. So it's going to be slow going, and it was, in terms of the uh, divide and conquer, and each city has to be settled and has to be worked out, because otherwise it's going to be total mayhem. Yet they come into Yericho, the walls come down, and all the battles are fought, the Maile Medea Chateva, the same Akash Baruch who makes those Nisim could have prevented the animals from coming. Remember, lions weren't that natural to the region, as we learned last week. Okay, so you have uh, bears and other things. Interesting that part of it was left to Teva, a big part of it, and the entry was preceded with missiles that they haven't figured out yet how to create, despite all the technology. They had these hornets that would go attack them and blind them and all sorts of nisam and flows. But the actual, this kivush and this chilik and yishuvah destroy, part two and three was done because of that, that's a bit of a tzarachin why that is, but not our business, I guess. Kosh uh, I guess, wanted to leave some Bechira, and the Bechira here was you're going to be surrounded by Gaim for a long, long time. And it went, some of Farshim point out, it went slower than, I don't want to say slower than it was supposed to go, but it went very slow because Jews, take this as a compliment, Jews are not very good killers, and we don't uh, conquer well, and we're just not into it. So even though it's a mitzvah deray, so you got to conquer it to throw and the role of David Azar, and it's your land, and um, you're supposed to go and take it. And it's a mitzvah deray, so a mitzvah rabba. We weren't very good at it. Uh, when you had to do it, but we don't pride ourselves in that. So what about Yoav and, uh... Yoav and Avner were uh, tremendous, but... Even during David Amel's time, we have a big problem which the Gemara struggles with, with the Kivish Yochid. David Amel all of a sudden is fighting in Syria, 
And part of the reason why Kivush Yachal Hashmei Kivush is he didn't finish Eretz Yisrael. And he's in, uh, okay, so he had reasons why he wanted a buffer zone. I'm sure there were good reasons why. But Lemaissa, David Amalek, as late as David Amalek, and we find David Amalek conquering Yushalayim, sending in people with uh, incentives. What's, this is hundreds of years later. It's one of the big uh, mysteries I have in Navi. I, the answer, mystery number one, is why weren't the Nisimut of Flowers just get rid of all of them and there won't be wild animals? And they'll be able to handle the administration of the uh, territories. And mystery number two is that we don't make great conquerors, which is to our advantage in Armidus. But with all the Nisim of Flows, you would think that it would go quicker. It didn't. And part of the Nisayan, part of the reason for that is that there has to be Bechira and Bechira and the struggle with the Avodah surrounding them all the time. And sometimes they passed. As you look in Shaftim, which hopefully, Amit Hashem, after we finish Malachim, we're going to go back to Shaftim. Shaftim is going to take uh, a number of years, as does Malachim, because it's up and down and up and down. And you wonder, we're sitting here again, the comfort of uh, not having Yitz Arf or Vodazar for a couple thousand years. Like, what's with these people? Every two minutes, they're bowing down, and the pus is going to review. They keep bowing down. So we're not going to understand the Yitzhar, but it was there. Uh, very, very strong Yitzhar, and they were surrounded. The neighbors were still doing Avodazar. And despite all our discussion in the Chukasayim Shir, nobody really has a taiva to go trick-or-treating and to get a Hanukkah bush and to do all the things that they do, as it looks to us ridiculous. It is ridiculous. We're not the Yitzhar for it, so... Uh, the, uh, the Hanukkah bush. I use that for the uh, not yet from Yidden who uh, don't know the difference. And we look at the Gaim and um, the Far East, forget it. We Mamish don't know what they're thinking. We started discussing yesterday the revival of the Shaitel issue with the uh, uh, Buddhists and the, uh, all the other things. Like we talk about it, it's like funny to us and we should be the only, the only son is allowed to make us for our Bazaar. That's why I had this year yesterday. Uh, we gave them a few choice words that were still Baruch Hashem very clean words but not complimentary of their IQ it doesn't make any sense it still doesn't make sense you're cutting all your hair and somebody else is making money off of you you're giving it for free but Shaili is on its side that there's a Vodazar going on Shaili is the cutting of the hair of the Vodazar that's the uh, old Machlekes but we look at them like what's with these people so Klaiso was very smart and the Yitzhar was here and that's why we're doing Chazara but it was a natural when every neighbor was doing it, and the next village was full of them, it was a very difficult Nisayan, and again, they didn't make good conquerors. And uh, I think in this year, a couple of years ago, there's a lady who I never quote, famous politician, you probably remember this, who she had uh, two good lines. She had some pretty horrific ones. She admitted she wasn't too religious, that's an understatement. And she said, I'm not too religious, once she said in the Knesset, I'm not too religious... But if I ever dive into shul, it'll be an orthodox shul. That was in the middle of a Mihu-Yehudi conversion crisis, which they have every two years, going back all the way to the uh, 60s. So that was a, that's a great line. That, that at least put it, put it to bed for then. It doesn't help much now. You're not here that, okay, if you're going to be from, you want to be Jewish. Don't, don't be more Jewish than the people who know what the Messiah is all about. And the second uh, important line was what she told Sadat that she's never forgiving him for. That's when he came to Yushalayim. And that is uh, the wars. Wars are wars. And uh, people get killed. Nebuch, Rahman Lutzlan. 
I won't forgive you for making our sons into killers. It's a very powerful line coming from as, as, as a stranger as she was, coming from a Jewish mother, you got to recognize that this Pasuk, we don't make good killers, Baruch Hashem. Never did, never will. Were they Jewish warriors? Yes. Did they do a good job here and there? David Amalekh took all the uh, red flaming canoes uh, he had and used it to kill Rashaim. So was he, uh, was he good at it? Yes. Did he like it? No. It never became an expression, the art of warfare. It never became something we're into. And that's a good thing. We should keep it that way. And because of that, things often went slow because every morning, okay, the next village, the next village. It's a mitzvah So just like you say a bracha before you take a lulav and esrog and eat matzah, there's a, I don't know, I didn't see anybody talk about this actually. There should be a bracha on a machamis mitzvah also. It's a machamis mitzvah. So I never saw, maybe you can't make the bracha because you don't know if it's going to be chal, you don't know if you succeed. Yeah. Yes, yes, you need extra rachamim because it, it wears you down, right? That's the danger. And even with that, but by the Umas Oilum, by the Romans, the Greeks, this was, the Greeks a little less so, but they conquered a lot. Certainly under Alexander the Great, it was a way of life. If you were able-bodied and fit, you joined the army and see the world, conquer it, kill people, that was it. That was the whole life. There was nothing else. That, that should remain foreign to us. The excitement of uh, the thrill of war and the excitement of conquest. Baruch Hashem, by the Umas it's not even so exciting anymore. They even the Amu once say, I keep killing people. We should. They're still doing just as much in terms of the atrocities, but at least in the halls of government, they're talking about that it's not a nice thing. So that's already, uh, it's not, not doing too much yet, changing the Metsias, but that's a good thing that at least it's uh, perhaps on the agenda. That's the. Uh, so with that overview, to give you the limit uh, schus on why they were doing Avodazar Lamed Vav, Ki emes Hashem asheher leeschem etzasayim b'kai galda bezroy anetuyam oisoy siro v'loisish tachavu v'loisish bachu shtachavu and carbonus only to one, one and only God. And the pasuk reminds us uh, the God that changed nature, destroyed the mightiest empire, and took us out of Mitzrayim. Repeated this three times in four psukim because it was so difficult. That's an important uh, detail. Not a detail. It's the reason why. The first line of defense fell very, very quickly by the wayside. When people want to get into Avodah the Yitzhahar convinced them, besides the fact that it looks enticing, you got to hedge your bets. And there are a lot of forces of evil there. Life is dangerous, and there are people conquering all the time. So go to Shacharis, Yashkam, minion, But you better pay your dues to the gods, because you never know. Sounds, again, strange to us. Believe in one god, but... Pasik is telling you, Ki im es Hashem alakechem tirov, who yatzil eschem yad kalevechem. Pay your dues in one place. And he's going to save you. You don't have to hedge your bets. That's often what was done. And this is the life story, if you recall, from Achav and all the people who knew Akkadosh Baruchu quite well, and yet, after the Ashkama minion, went to the base of Arazar. Why? 
Answer is, they said, I don't over-explain them. They said, you know, you never know. I think everything's taken care of for my first monastery. But Lahavdil, you do this also and uh, you don't want to get them angry. Which is why uh, we had, Achaz had this uh, most ridiculous reaction after Hashem saved him. Not too long ago, a few prochem ago. And when he's in Damascus, he picks up a nice diagram of his Beach and he sends the plans to the kind. He says, build me one. This looks good. You never know. We'll keep both. We would like to pat ourselves on the back and we don't think like this. But uh, in a way, everybody, the we struggle, we all struggle. We be talking on and we learn the Chavis Lavavis and we daven. And then after that, uh, we also sometimes do things in business that are well beyond what we should be doing because you never know. I gotta, Hashem is going to help us, but we got to help ourselves. And they're very fond, sounds very firm, very fond of quoting that Hashem helps those who help themselves, which is true. To a degree. It's also hedging your bets. Chavaz Chaim's marshal, you know, getting behind the seat in the train and pushing a little more so the train goes faster. And just get behind and push. So uh, that marshal is a very powerful one because we all know how ridiculous that's going to look. Try, try that in a plane. It's only 600 miles an hour. Maybe it'll go 650 if you just uh, push against the seat in front of you. So that uh, makes as much sense as helping a Kaj Baruch too much. The question of life is how much is too much? It's, you know, people always kind of that uh, they don't mean it, they mean the money we trust. That's all true, but I think it's better to have it on the agenda and to talk about God. It's better than the ancient Romans who, if they put anything in their coin, it will be in many gods we trust. So at least in God we trust is in Loshan Yachid. That's uh, Milo. At least it's talked about. Even the uh, more liberal presidents still mention God once in a while. Republicans a little more, Democrats a little less, but at least they, uh, they talk about it. They realize that half the country still wants to hear it. So that's a, that's a mila. It's a mila for us. Again, if you're, if you're from, it's the best scenario to be in because the Gayim understand religion somewhat but are not too fanatic. If you're not religious, that just gives you the ability to not do much and just pretend like I need you to believe. So it's a mila and a chisarin, but uh, it's certainly a mila. We're not, we don't miss the fanatic uh, pogroms and crusades. We're not, uh, we don't have any longing for those good old days, which weren't so good. But if you're not too from, it gives you the. Uh, the ability to make a huge mistake that they're so friendly we can actually blend in. One thing nobody made a mistake about in the Middle Ages, that the Gaim were friendly and that we want to be a part of them, they want to be a part of us, and we'll just blend in. Assimilation was down to zero because no one was interested. So there, was no, there was no taiva to be like the Shikara guy next door who was uh, doing Kulte Evesha and then coming to kill everybody when the debts grew. So everything, every Tkufa has this Maidlis and Chesrenis. Here, believe it or not, again, it was enticing. The Gaim um, weren't looking to intermarry per se, but what the Gaim were doing in terms of spreading the wealth, so to speak, was, was enticing. Mem, Shameu. This is going back to the Kusim. We're summing up now the Kusim who moved here for last week and the week before. Pasuk makes it quite clear. They came, they learned from this Jewish Galach who didn't know too much himself that you got to appease the Jewish God and you got to do some avoda, and they did that, and they hedged, and they did what they were doing before they came. 
As I mentioned last week, surprisingly, the lions stopped coming. Why? I'm not quite sure, but apparently they were trying to do their best, so therefore Hashem understood them, and they got a pass quicker than the Jews got a pass, the Jews should have known better. So Jews are thrown out, and here they're here, and they're here to stay, and they're not getting eaten by lions, which is an interesting ending to a story. It doesn't say the lions stopped coming, but it's pretty much they survived. And they didn't keep calling Ashur, saying it didn't work. He sends a different rabbi, somebody more orthodox. Apparently it worked, and um, they stayed like this for a long time. As the Pasuk says, They didn't really fully understand what they're supposed to do. You think it stopped right away. Next generation, That's why I mentioned last week, Tesis points out that the Machlekes and the Gemara, whether Gary Reyes, Gary Emes, was not about the originals. Because in Geras, if you don't accept all the mitzvahs, whether you are trying to learn them or not, this is already the subject of a lot of uh, discussion in Geras, and you have to figure out the mitzvahs. If a person accepts all the mitzvahs, hakabaka, but they don't know all the mitzvahs, then they're Geras. So they can't possibly know everything. So if they were taught wrong, and that's why a Geras bidyeved would be chal if a fellow had, this happens unfortunately in America, a fellow or a lady had a geiris and they didn't tell him that, yes, it's really usher to watch things that have pretzels, which is everything. It's really usher and it's kind of a kamalav. It's not just the yeshiva shachumra, you can't go to the movies anymore. They just tell him that. And he's going, I've received shots like this, can we do that? We know he's going to have this lifestyle. He's going to be very modern, that's his chevra, and he's going to do all these yisurim. Can we, why would you want to do l'chatchila? He's a nice guy. These are real yisurim. Uh, she's not going to cover her hair. She's not going to dress properly. So, l'chatchila is certainly not a good idea. The question is, is a The answer is, if, if the rabbi told her that that's okay, or the rabbi said you shouldn't, but everybody in his kehillah is doing it, and the whole community is doing it, at that place, she never met anybody who doesn't do it. So, she thinks the rabbi is just like, you know, laying it on thick, but she's really macabre. She just doesn't know. So then the geiris is probably chal. Over here... Taisa seems to be saying that nobody holds this with schal. They were doing Avodah Zarah. That's not something that, well, I didn't know. You're doing Avodah Zarah. Avodah Zarah is different than any other. They were never makabal monotheism. So even if they didn't know, that's not chal, Taisa says. The Machlech is whether Geri Erez, Geri Emes is by the Kusim, is a historical question later, way later, after their children, their grandchildren, after Adayam wherever Adayam is. Later on, somebody woke up and said, hey, this is ridiculous. We're doing Avodah Zarah. And some of those came to me Magyar. So Shaili is the ones we're looking at. Are they Gary Emmis or not? That's a very important for the context over here because otherwise you can bring a raya which is not correct. That, well, you see, even though they're doing a are the Gary may be chal. Question of what pushed them. I've got to make this clear. We had, we, we had many hours of shir on this, but bottom line is what motivates you is something shalol l'shma, marriage, basketball teams, Aisha covered, they have books in the Far East, books with bestsellers like uh, How to Become Jewish and How to Act Like the Jews because they think that you can make money that way. And they have all sorts of books, you know, for all the anti-Semitism, everybody's trying to become Jewish. They just don't know what it means. So if what's propelling them is to make money, but they're really makabal mitzvahs, then l'chatchila it's pretty bad, but b'devet, that's chal, is that makabal? Problem is the Pusik ends off the parrot. They weren't makabal. They're still doing other So uh, that's not a motivation issue. Yes? Maybe that's why 
Yes, that's what I, my attempt at an answer is Shutfis is not that bad, but again, that doesn't mean the Geras is tall. Right, so it means it's good enough, yeah. Yeah, but the reason why, I mentioned that terrorist last week, the reason I'm not thrilled with that is that Yehuda argues very vehemently that that's true, and he says that's not even, that's not what the Ramah meant. Ramah seems to say that. And all the Philips of Azar, you're there. Ramah says, our guy, not the Avadazar, but Shutfis is not real Avadazar, and that's uh, five million Afghanis in the Avadazar. And then Behuda has a chuva where he screams quite loud in print, and he says, that's not shot. And they're quoting Tesis, and Tesis says that. But he says that the Gabi, the Yisr of the Medizdurabana, not to make a Shutfis with a guy in business, which we don't, we make Shutfis with a guy all the time. And Tesis recognized that in the time of the Rishonim, they made Shutfis with a guy. And Bobo, they didn't. They were completely autonomous, and that's why in the Gemara, Pela Gabe Pela, you find Shailas and Babmetzia. How do you make a Kenyan with a guy? Pretty basic Shaila. How do you make a Kenyan with a guy? How do you do a transaction with a guy? And the Gemara has a Machlekes. Why is there a Machlekes? The answer is it rarely happened. You have to have the historical context here. In the Middle Ages, they were doing business with Gaim. A lot, like money lending, finance, a lot of business. So they had to have a Psak, how you do Kenyanim. And then from Bechir's Thomas, later, we do five Kenyanim to make sure. Where you get it right. Uh, we don't take any chances with the Hamits. And Tyson says, but they make shutzus with Goya. And says, Farish Nagar, you can't make a shutzus because shutzum often get into fights and then they go to court and then they swear when they go to court. And you're making them swear by their foreign deity. And that's an Isidraisa of Lo Yishama Alpicha. Not only can't you swear by an Avadazara, that's kind of obvious, you can't even make him swear. Lo Yishama Alpicha. So Tyson says, why are we allowing a shutzus? They're going to swear. To which Tyson answers, yeah, they're the claim today. They're not so. Into the Avodazar, it's only Shutfis. So the Ramah quotes that, and many of the Pesachachuva assumes the Ramah meant that they're not really over the Yisrael Avodazar. For us, it's Yahavayavar. For them, it's not. And that Shuva doesn't like that in a big way. He says that's only Legabi the Din of Yisrael Malpicha, a very local din. For that, I can't call Chumr, it's a Pussing Chumish, but for that side din, I can't even cause him to say Hashem's name, not Hashem's name, but a foreign god, Avdul, Lo Yisham Alpicha. For that, Shutfis is not bad. Not for the regular beliefs. So, so the, that, that, that answer is a good answer if you hold like Pesachu and Armah, but not according to the Nadabihuda. Anyway, that's the end of the parak, and somewhere Taisis claims along the line of um, Yechida, maybe, or groups of them, at some later date, volunteered for the uh, true religion and really got the Gayrus right. On that positive note, let's go to the Peleyayats. That's what I'm saying. Apparently not. But Pusik sounds like they didn't accept and leaves it at that. And the Gemara's Machlekes, Tesis says, doesn't mean that they were, that there's Machlekes that anybody holds, they were Yidden until later on where they really got it right. That's what, uh, that's what Tesis is claiming. Let's go to the Peleyayats. We're starting a new entry of Bacher on the bottom of page Samach Tes. So if you have any bachram at home, or you know any, or you're once a bachar, or you're a young bachar at heart, uh, or you consider yourself a bachar till the age of 90, this applies to you. Did I include everybody? So this is, I mentioned they have some bachar here. Baruch Hashem, it's all Shabbos. So uh, this is a very powerful, it's, it's really, it's not just a bachram, but you'll see why he labels it as uh, something unique to bachram. Ksiv. It's a mailah to remember a Baruch when you're young. 
younger you are, the more you get into Avedis Hashem, and the more you focus on your Avedis Hashem, and the more you learn, it becomes something that's very entrenched in your personality and your spiritual makeup, and the more it becomes a part of you. And everything, Hergel Nasateva, the Chinuch says the reason we have many mitzvahs that have a panemius, of course, every mitzvah has deep panemius, and, but there's also outer trappings. The more you do it physically, the more you get used to it. Uh, learning hasmada is acquired. The more you do it, the more you learn. The two mitzvahs, the more you learn, the better you get at it, the more you understand, you have bigger geschmack, and you want to learn more because it's more interesting to you. But even in sugyas or days that you don't find particularly easy, somebody once came to the stipler for an eight complained. He says, I don't always have a cheshik for learning. The stipler raised his voice. It was somebody who was close to the stipler. He said, what do you think? This is the stipler, the biggest masmid on earth at this time. He said, what do you think? I have a cheshik to learn every time I sit down to learn. This is the stipler said this in the eighties. He says, you got to learn these. You keep Shabbos. What if you don't have a cheshit to keep Shabbos? You put on tefillin, you don't have a cheshit. It's a chiv the rice. You got to learn every moment you have, whether you have a cheshit or not. It's better to acquire a cheshit. But if you have a moment where you don't, that's not a p'tur. I don't feel like it. The sugya is dry. I, say, I don't know. People I know like dry wine. They have no complaints. Sugya is dry. He says, there's no sugya that's dry. Uh, you can make it exciting, and you got to know how to make it exciting. So uh, you're not looking at the right farm, and you're not attacking the sugi the right way. But even if it were dry, the stipler um, was pretty excited when he learned, and he told this fellow, even when I start off not so excited because I just had an hour of sleep, and there are 75,000 people waiting outside my door, I still push myself to learn. So it's not a patour. With that said... <laughs> There is an art in the more you get into your learning, the more excited you will be because naturally when you're better at something, uh, you feel like you're getting a handle on it, you will be more passionate about it. Until you get there, again, it's not a tour. The same thing with the hasmada. Hasmada is the amount of time you're putting in and not just time, eichus and kamas, quality and quantity. That's an acquired thing. Uh, I remember <laughs> I was standing in the base medrash once. Uh, it was late at night. And I remember who the guy was. I won't mention his name. But it was an interesting line that stuck with me. He wasn't saying it. Uh, the stipler was alive then. I don't think he heard this in the stipler. It was about one in the morning. I remember it was the Thursday night. And it was the late night seder after night seder. And we would all come back. And it's about to sit down with my harusa. And then as I'm opening the Gemara, I see he walks in. He stands in front of us. He looks at me and he says, you know, I really wasn't going to come back. I really had, uh, I mean, just finished a good 10 hours of learning. You know, understandable. I really wasn't going to come back. My guess is we probably all uh, had some chonto donuts, whatever was in the hallway. I don't know. And uh, I really wasn't going to come back. He's telling me he was going to come back. So I, of course, uh, asked him, so why'd you come back? So he said, you know, there comes a point. I don't know. I was thinking of not coming back, and my legs just brought me here. He didn't say that at a gaiva. It's a pasuk. David Melch. This should sound familiar. David Melch said about himself. He went. I had plans to walk somewhere else. I came to the base medrash. So if you work on yourself, especially the younger you are, the more you work on yourself. But again, till ninety, uh, it's easier. After ninety, the walking might get harder. But <laughs> the uh, the training is if you know this is the default position, is you open up your gemara. The default position is you go to the base medrash. It becomes more natural. 
And uh, that is a tremendous help. That's why he starts off, the earlier you start, the more it becomes Teva. And in general, it's a wonderful time for Avedis Hashem. Why is that? You have the most strength when you're young. The ability to concentrate and the physical strength. Liga b'chol means yigia takes physical strength and takes tremendous sweating. Somebody wants to ask Rabbi Yosha, we'll go another few minutes, Ari will put you, uh, I hate to use the word on deck, because l'hav delos, l'hav delos, but we'll, uh, well, you did a great job, you have another three minutes, so just uh, get the Shema Nasser for the second minute at 55, and you'll be fine, 54, 55. The um, conversation took place once between Rabbi Yosha and a close chaver who was um, more of a Talmud, who was younger, and he was asking Rabbi Yoshev many, many decades ago if he uh, should follow Rabbi Yoshev's example of Hasmada. Rabbi Yoshev was known, besides being a Lamdin in the Eli generation, his Hasmada was um, off the charts, as they say. He locked himself in a room, basically, and he held the key inside. And also in, uh, in Meisham for like 50 years, like for 10 hours at a shot. It just is... Uh, in a group in Yushalayim of Tzadikim and Mazmidim, he stood out. Actually, he stood out. As godless was, he didn't stand out. Nobody ever knew where he was. Um, somebody asked him uh, about scheduling, if he should try that. He was younger, he wanted to know. So he said, uh, you should try, but just understand, as Rabbi Yosha said this about himself, and he wasn't trying to say Nanivis. He said that that's the most difficult thing. He had, did many difficult things in his life, leading class while making decisions. That's the most difficult uh, Tkufa I ever had. Because to do that 10 hours at a shot, but do that 17 hours a day for years, months, years, and decades is um, extremely difficult. Forget the intellect. Physically, it's just difficult. He did it, which is why he became Rabbi Yoshev. And not everybody can become Rabbi Yoshev, but everybody has to figure out where they could do it. And it's always going to be a borderline between saving yourself from breaking down and getting enough sleep that you can physically survive and uh, maintain your balance. And if you're not close enough to that cliff, then you're not trying hard enough. And if you're too close, it's dangerous. You've got to find the exact uh, medium in between. There's a, this, what I'm saying needs a lot of commentary. Uh, so I'm, I'm, this is the short version. But the Pelliers is suggesting that if you do that when you're young or middle-aged and you push and push and push, you'll find out how hard you can push. And on the one hand, don't be so nice to yourself. You're not going to fall apart. You're stronger than you think. On the other hand, you also need adracha sometimes where you're, and it's always going to be a machlegas. Your mother's going to say you need more sleep and your father's going to say maybe you need less and your rabbi's going to, you, you, gotta, you need hadrach, you need a rabbi to tell you uh, where uh, you should be falling out in terms of uh, the comparison. People are trying to look up at their friends, which is good. Boys look up, don't look down. And you got to know who you are and you got to know if you're not Rabbi Yoshev, which you're probably not. Uh, but you're somebody who can push the agenda further and you're not working hard enough. And uh, the younger you are, the easier that is to do. That's Hasmada. Night, day. And the Maila of a Bacher is he doesn't have to worry about Panasa now. He doesn't have Tirdus Asman, and his mother's waiting for him, his wife isn't. And that's a unique circumstance in life. Now, for the married people here, which is most of you, 
the advantage of being married uh, middle age is that, yes, you have a lot of tirdus and panasa and family and a lot of uh, pressures and social pressures. You also have a yeshiva das that a bocha doesn't have. comes a point in life where after, they say, society says after 30, where life starts uh, staring at you. And you say, you know what, I'm not getting any younger. Maybe I should get more serious. And that's a mile of uh, seniority and of age and of experience. And that positive note to Mr. Shem will continue next week. So, Gabriel, we got you in, even though everybody else was looking for.